proactively working against a fear of a recession is causing large brands and advertisers to be a lot more cost conscious. And like we saw when COVID started, marketing dollars are usually the first thing to be cut. As a result of that, I think the the biggest challenge that we're going to see this year is how advertisers are approaching the topic of waste and efficiency, whether that be through more customization and personalization, or really prioritizing channels that that have you know measurable and tangible results. But then you think about the social landscape. The research and data is hugely significant. When we combine all of these different touch points, build that long-term loyalty, and then diving into the clicks to leads to sales, it's gotten to a point where it can drive better results than audience targeting. And really is what's going to set you apart. You're tuning in. You're tuning in. You're tuning in to the How Agencies Thrive podcast. Welcome to the final episode of Season 3 of the How Agencies Thrive podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm on the education development team at Stack Adapt. And today we have a very special episode joined by two very special guests. As a way to end off the season right, we're going to be doing a pulse check on programmatic with none other than Mark Shannon and Brandon Langevin from Stack Adapt. And in this episode, we'll cover the latest trends in digital advertising, talk about emerging channels, technology, and so much more. So welcome, Mark and Brandon. You've both been on the podcast before. Great to have you back. Um, what I wanted to do just to get our listeners up to speed on who you are in case they haven't heard from you yet, uh, starting with you, Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself, your role at Stack Adapt, areas of expertise, and you know, tell us how long you've been in programmatic. And then Brandon will pass it off to you and do the same. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thanks for having us on. Uh, so my name is Mark Shannon. I'm a director of client services here at Stack Adapt. I've been fortunate to be on the Stack Adapt team for almost five years now. And in that time, I've seen a lot of change and innovation, not only with our platform, but in the industry on, as a whole. So I work really closely with our client services teams comprised of our account managers, our programmatic strategists. And the short version of what we do is we take incredible executions and make them perform wonderfully well uh, and work very closely with our agency and brand partners to ensure a high level of collaboration and uh, really to make sure that everything goes off without a hitch. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mark. Now, Brandon, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us on, Matt. It's, It's fun to be back. And for anyone listening that I have yet to meet, my name is Brandon and I'm a director of sales here at Stack Adapt. I've been here for just about six years now. And obviously, it's been a pretty exciting six years for uh, as far as the company is concerned, going from about 30 people uh, when, I, when I joined on to over 1,000 now globally. My role is, is fairly straightforward. I work uh, in tandem with Mark and a number of other amazing people at Stack It Up to ensure that all of our clients are being serviced the best way possible through our account executives and account managers and continue to provide best-in-class support and strategy recommendations to ensure all parties working with Stack Adapt, including ourselves, are successful in the long run. Fantastic. So as I mentioned at the beginning, what we're going to do is really do a pulse check on programmatic. Talk about what's happened in the past, what's going on right now, and what the future looks like. We figured this would be a, a great way to end off on the season. So what I wanted to do is jump back, travel back in time a little bit to 2021. 
thinking back to when I started hosting the podcast, this was the beginning of our second season. And we were still in the height of the pandemic, in the height of all this uncertainty that was happening in the world. And we discussed how the digital landscape was evolving, some of the silver linings that had happened out of the pandemic, and really how the advertising industry had changed. So I wanted to ask both of you, if you can think back that far, what were some things that either of you kind of predicted would happen in the future back in 2021? What were some things that you were totally spot on about? What were some things that you weren't spot on about that uh, you kind of missed the mark on? And then what were some things that totally surprised you that you hadn't thought of? Well, I mean, right off the bat, uh, hindsight's always 2020, right? So looking back, uh, it's nice to be able to say, well, I was, I was very right about this. Um, but something that's always kind of been on the forefront of my mind is attribution. Uh, and, you know, I've had lots of conversations with it about it with clients, with our, our client services team individually. You know, I've been a huge proponent, proponent of the fact that, you know, things like UTMs or, you know, identifiers or cookies are different ways to essentially attribute the performance of a campaign back uh, you know, the platform or the individual line item uh, that drove those conversions or those actions uh, as incredibly important. And, you know, we've always worked to anticipate discrepancies before they happen, work with our measurement partners and proactively, you know, work to address those. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I saw that there was going to be this shifting landscape. You know, we've always recommended that people worked with our stack adapt pixel because it can track events very reliably on an event basis, instead of just looking at session data, uh, such as, you know, other analytics properties. And, you know, we were seeing things like Google Analytics moving from their JS analytics to GA4, which uses event-based data instead of that session-based uh, data. And it provides a lot more capabilities and integration po possibilities with media platforms across the board. So, you know, it's, it's nice to see that Something that I've been a huge advocate for a couple of years ago um, is uh, actually taking a little bit more of a center stage uh, moving forward. Now, on the other hand, <laughs> something I was absolutely wrong about, the success of short form video <laughs> and uh, you know, brand partnerships uh, with companies such as TikTok. I'll be honest, having a start in social media myself and you know, seeing the evolution of online conversations, you know, from Twitter to Facebook and you know, other others across the board there, I was I was very bearish on the success of TikTok. And I was definitely a late adopter. I don't know if this is just, you know, highlighting the general generational differences and the blindness I have to that. But much like Jon Snow, I think that proved that I know nothing. Uh, and I definitely need to develop a better understanding of that. Something I was surprised about. Honestly, 2021, you know, as I mentioned, was an uncertain and difficult time. Uh, and it was it was really difficult to look optim optimistically toward the future. Uh, you know, turn on any news channel and we're just bombarded with bad news stories about the global pandemic. And, uh, you know, I thought we'd be stuck at home a lot longer than we have been, uh, to be honest. So with travel opening up, you know, we've seen a significant rise in things like, you know, foot traffic attribution and, you know, relying on travel and visit metrics, uh, especially as travel and tourism campaigns have started to pick up. So I'm surprised with the speed at which they did pick up and the success we've seen, you know, so soon after coming out of this, uh, this global pandemic and, you know, just being here to support that renewed demand has kind of been our mandate. Mark, uh, 
you're showing our age by talking about how bearish we were on TikTok. But uh, I'm I'm right there with you. And I think I think to add on to that, I, I've never pretended to predict the future, and I, I really tried not to do it uh, during the height of COVID. Obviously, with with so much uncertainty, and feels quite nice to be hopefully on the other side. But something that I was very surprised at, and looking back, I, I don't think I should have been, but the resilience of our industry as a whole to bounce back and be able to capitalize on the regrowth of advertising as a whole as things started to get better uh, was, was a very pleasant surprise. We, like everybody else, obviously saw quite a few budget cuts and restructures in not just the programmatic landscape, but marketing as a whole. I think most businesses throughout the height of COVID were looking to cut costs and try to be as efficient as possible. And a lot of time, uh, marketing budgets were the first ones to go. But looking at our industry now, I don't think it's ever been stronger. Uh, there's obviously quite a few big changes coming in the digital space over the next months and years. But in terms of how digital advertising is bought and executed, I don't think we've ever been in a better position than we are now. And given how uncertain everything was two years ago, it, it was quite a big surprise. Uh, and obviously a surprise for the better, especially for us on this call and, and everybody listening. And yeah, really excited to see what the rest of 2023 has to bring. Now on that present note, staying there, I'd love to get both of your thoughts on two areas. Number one is emerging advertising channels, and number two is emerging technology in the ad space. So we'll start with emerging advertising channels. Yeah, I think within the programmatic space specifically, and uh, talking with Stack Adapt in mind, we were trying to fall as many dominoes as we could in terms of inventory access and ways to buy programmatically. I think for us, one of the last dominoes to fall earlier in 2022 was digital out of home. And we explored the possibility of buying on digital out of home platforms pre COVID and pre pandemic, but there really wasn't a ton of consistency or inventory available or even backend infrastructure to buy at scale. And I think with, with COVID and obviously way less people spending large amounts of time outdoors, it gave all of those inventory providers almost an extra two years to develop stronger technology and stronger inventory that you can bid on programmatically. And for us, uh, as recently as last year, we made the decision to start running and buying digital out-of-home inventory. And I think that's only going to increase over the course of the calendar year and into 2024 and 2025 as that backend infrastructure continues to develop. But what we're starting to see is sort of similar to the CTV wave we saw around 2019, but more so in 2020 and 2021 in that kind of the latest and greatest channel. And we're kind of marrying that native exposure you would expect in, in an outdoor environment, whether that be a billboard or a bus stop ad in you know a local town, all the way to a full takeover of Times Square or Piccadilly Circus, and marry that with the targeting sophistication and measurement side of digital advertising. So for us, being able to invest in that and start offering it to clients has been really exciting. And you know, with advancements in measuring 
attribution through things like device IDs and exposure and then moving those users down a consumer journey through various screens, whether that be in their home, office, on the way to work, coming back from the gym, or on the way to a restaurant in the evening through, again, any screen you could think of is is only going to further empower marketers to make sure that they are where their target audience is and exposing them with with relevant messaging. So long story long, uh, very excited about digital out of home and, and how quickly it's increasing in, in back-end infrastructure sophistication. And uh, it's going to be a really interesting year. And I mean, to add on to that, like speaking of, uh, you know, reaching users in any screen we can think of, in-game, I think, is going to be something that really hits the mark for a certain, you know, subset of audiences. Uh, so we're already reaching them on those screens, but now we have different ways to reach them on those screens within game. Uh, and as a gamer myself, this is near and dear to my heart. Uh, you know, quite often I've played uh, whether they're free roam games or racing games, or you know, even some of those sports games uh, where you have advertisements around the billboards in a real world setting. I've, even before programmatic advertising, I would play those games and always wonder, you know, where did those advertisements come up? or come from, uh, you know, when the developers built the game and they would just come up with these, you know, fake brands. But now we can actually put actual real-time advertisements programmatically served in in-game positions. And it's, I think, another avenue for us to get eyes on our brands uh, and to really introduce people to, you know, some, some new campaigns and some new journeys that we want to send them on. The great thing is that, you know, building the technology into a platform like StackAdapt, we can really do things like retargeting those users with other channels and, and ensure that you know, we can have that full attribution through their entire user journey from start to finish, performing whatever event that we want. Uh, it's something that you know, we've, we've just really introduced not too long ago. And I see a lot of potential for this in the future as more and more providers and publishers and, and the technology you know, really starts to develop. Uh, I think we can, uh, we're going to see big strides there. Yeah. Um, Mark, I think, I think you're spot on. I myself am not the biggest gamer, but I have been watching the last of us on HBO every Sunday. And I think that in itself speaks to the overall you know, dedication and admiration for online gaming, whether that be through uh, consoles connected to a television or gaming on your mobile device. And I think it's, it's important to almost contextualize in-game advertising as different from what people might think of in the in-app advertising space, where we're actually talking about buying advertising space within real-time gameplay. And as more and more of that infrastructure continues to be developed and we see more inventory become readily available, personally, I think it would be really appetizing uh, for, for a marketer to be able to align a specific audience and, and games they're playing with messaging that's both contextually relevant and exposing a user that they've long been going after. So uh, really, really exciting stuff. So the second part of that question is with more of like emerging technology. Uh, so thinking of things like targeting, what has really come out in the last couple of years that's been changing the industry? So, I mean, one thing that we've been preparing for, as you mentioned earlier, is, is this cookie-less future. And, you know, trying to ensure that we have ways to still, you know, address our users, but 
in a way that you know doesn't rely on the cookie to store that, that data about our audiences. Uh, and, you know, one of the big things that we've seen come out is, is contextual advertising. You know, in the early days of programmatic, contextual advertising was pretty huge. And, you know, then we saw a lot of audience-based things and, and it's it's kind of coming back. You know, there's a heavy reliance on this to ensure that we're putting the right message in front of the right user, user at the right time in a way that is completely compliant with their personal information and, you know, isn't storing too much data about that user as well. And, you know, as we see a lot of these regulations coming out across the board, we got CCPA and GDPR. And, I mean, we haven't seen the last of them. You know, I think this is going to be even more important. And utilizing things like AI, so, for example, our page context AI, you know, is, is a great way to ensure that, you know, we can really take advantage of these new tools uh, in a way that is consistently adaptable in real time and is compliant. Yeah, it's almost... The advancement of new technology is a dependent variable on the deprecation of old technology, which is the loss of the third-party cookie. So it's yeah, it's it's romantic almost this year. You know, things that we were using five years ago, six years ago, are now coming back in full force and proving to be very effective. So I could couldn't have said it better myself, Mark. Awesome. So what we'll do is is we'll move on to to our third point here. And and I guess the way we've been running the episode so far, we're in the mindset of, all right, we're in 2023. What's currently happening? Let's jump forward to 2024. And in that time in between now and then, what are some challenges that marketers might be facing? Some some hurdles to overcome, and what's the best way for these marketers to stay ahead and stay savvy in the times ahead? Yeah, great question. And I think there's one major topic that's been on everybody's mind to start this year, and that is the event of a marketing pullback as fear of a recession and you know proactively working against a fear of a recession is causing large brands and advertisers to be a lot more cost conscious. And like we saw when COVID started, marketing dollars are usually the first thing to be cut. So that obviously presents a challenge to our industry because that's what we rely on to be you know, uh, effective and growing. But as a, as a result of that, I think the, the biggest challenge that we're going to see this year is how advertisers slash brands, agencies, and, and even, you know, the, the four of us in this room are approaching the topic of waste and efficiency. And I think being able to really hone on, hone in on that and limit the amount of waste that goes into uh, all marketing buys, whether that be through more customization or personalization or really prioritizing channels that, that have you know, measurable and tangible results at any stage of a marketing funnel, whether that be at the very top or the very bottom helping our, our brand and agency partners uh, really focus on the idea of less waste or less inefficiency uh, is going to be a challenge, but something that we're, we're definitely prepped for and are already you know, very actively approaching. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think one of the things about personalization in particular is, is that you know, our audiences expect this to happen. You know, they expect 
what three quarters of our audiences expect that companies are going to understand, you know, their, their very unique needs and that they're going to tailor those ad experiences and those ad journeys to them. And I, and I think that's going to be a huge challenge, uh, you know, for the next year or two and, and something that if you can stay ahead of, you know, you, you're going to win those customers, not just the first time, but you're going to continue to win those customers. Um, and, it's, it's going to be very important to ensure that, you know, we don't really alienate the customers by delivering the wrong ad at the wrong time uh, to follow up to what I said about delivering the right ad at the right time. Awesome. Now, I, I wanted to ask you both a hypothetical question as we get to the end of this episode here. Thinking about the future still, assuming that the possibilities are endless, what are some wish list items that you want to see? Whether it's like a feature, a capability in programmatic, trends in the advertising industry. If you had the ability to make it happen, what what do you wish would happen to the industry and its technology? Okay. <laughs> Good question. Uh, I, I guess I'll start. I mean, okay, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to start off with, you know, the, the biggest pie in the sky thing that I, I'd love to see programmatically served drone swarm advertising flybys. We should probably start working with our product team now on that uh, and, you know, see what they can do. Uh, it's just, you know, it's it's something that I think has grown in popularity, just those drone swarms uh, in the last little bit. And how cool would it be if you could, uh, you know, buy out your own programmatically served drone swarm. Um, but realistically, you know, more down to earth, uh, I think literally, Something that I'd really like to see, you know, speaking of a AI, um, more AI-based intelligence and or ad creation. Uh, I'm going to caveat that with an asterisk, with a respect for artists. Um, you know, there's been a lot of controversy with, you know, the latest AI things where they're basically iterative works or copying from, uh, you know, the existing works of either photographers or painters or, you know, writers, uh, you know, you say, create this in the style of. And I think that's something that's always going to be around. But, you know, to incorporate something that, you know, is, is respectful and responsibly uses that to essentially not replace our creative teams or our copy teams, but to really enhance the role to, to give more points of reference and more points of inspiration uh, to build, you know, award-winning ad copy and award-winning campaigns uh, that you know really drive performance. I I, I want to see that really leveraged, um, and I and I hope someone does leverage that. And, and Matt, can I can I ask how how close to reality does my ask have it to be? It can be as far fetched as you'd like it to be. I'm just interested to see what what both of you thought about that because there's you know there's there's always so much speculation about where the technology is going to go. So. Yeah, it, it again it's a wish list item. Assume that the possibilities are endless on this one. Yeah, well I would say I'll I'll start with kind of the the pipe dream. I wish we could tell the future and know when everything will be resolved with Alphabet and Google both on the deprecation of the third party cookie along with impending impending lawsuits that will likely result in the you know divesting of their supply side. I think that entire topic as a whole has created quite a bit of uncertainty with how everything's going to look 12 months from now and 24 months from now. But maybe my wish is that, you know, obviously can't, can't tell the future, but have everyone within our industry kind of come up with one universally accepted 
new identifier instead of seeing you know dozens and and dozens of players trying to plant a flag in the ground and say this is what we're going to use moving forward and you know leaving a ton of advertisers who have you know mass amounts of first party data kind of scratching their head in terms of what's what's going to happen you've got yeah i'd say probably two dozen strong and reputable organizations across our entire industry saying this identifier is the future and this is what's going to be adopted by everybody and they're all sort of butting heads and yeah my wish would be you know a little far-fetched for for right now but having one universally accepted new identifier that is not controlled by anybody within you know the the ecosystem on the demand side or supply side that doesn't have any sort of financial interest in that uh be you know applied universally and used universally i would say if we're talking about things that are more likely to occur something that we've really been looking for and seeking for a long time now specific to the connected television space would be more consistency at the level of data we get within the bitstream i think Connected television as a whole has really come leaps and bounds from when it, it first really hit hit its popularity in 2019 and 2020. But if we could get to a place where every bid request within a bid stream in the connected television environment has parity in terms of data that they're passing through to uh, a bidder, whether that be from an SSP or a DSP or anybody else, so we can know exactly where we're buying and what we're buying down to a show level um, every single time, I think would would just empower both you know the advertiser, the buyer, and the seller and make every advertising buy just a little bit more efficient. Hopefully we get we get there sooner than later. I know it's way better now than it was several years ago, but we still have some strides to make before. We can confidently say every every bid request we get has the exact same data. Absolutely. Now, what I wanted to end off on uh, and ask both of you about is resources. For anyone who's listening to this episode, what are some resources that either you're personally using to stay on top of the programmatic industry, digital advertising as a whole, or even some that you would just recommend that you know are great resources for anybody in the industry. So Brando, we'll start with you. Mark, we'll end with you. But what are some resources you'd recommend to our listeners? Yeah, I think Mark and I were, were kind of joking about this a little bit before we jumped on. And yes, surprise, we did have a few topics outlined already. Uh, but but we were we were kind of giggling here, and, and I said I think our, our peers are enormous resources. I mean, I'm speaking as someone way smarter than myself uh, within Stack It Out right now. Mark, we've been working together for close to five years, and I learn something new from him all the time. And I think that same thing applies with everybody we work with, and whether that be within Stack It Out or client partners or inventory partners, I think it's really important to speak with as many of your peers as possible because everybody has a slightly different area of expertise. And I wouldn't know 99% of what I know now if it wasn't from you know the consistent support and open dialogue between us and, and everybody else that we work with every day. And it's it's really helped stay 
up to date on you know current current trends that, that are going on within the industry, best practices, and, and anything else you could think of. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more, Brandon. I am an adamant believer that I am never the smartest person in the room, especially when you're in the room with me. Likewise, I'm I'm constantly learning something new from you, uh, and I, I yeah I agree. You know, your, your peers are often the the best people to to really fill in the gaps in knowledge that you might already have. Um, there's also this really great podcast you might have heard of it. It's called How Agencies Thrive. I think that's a really great resource uh, to to you know to learn a little bit more about programmatic in the industry. To be a little selfish and, and self-promotional, we do have this, the Stack It App blog, and we got there various external webinars that we do. I think those are really informational, and you know, I'm constantly learning from our peers that are putting those on. Uh, but there's other resources, you know, there's things like Digiday or eMarketer, Insider Intelligence, uh, that you know, I'm always subscribed to. Things like Marketing Brew, I know they have got their own podcast. And, you know, not to compete, uh, more to compliment. You know, there's there's constantly new ways that you can pick up information. You don't just have to rely on you know a random Google search or I don't know even if there are programmatic books you can crack crack open now. But uh, a lot of great resources and and really, if you don't know where to look, ask someone and they'll probably be able to point you in the right direction. I think as we move it into the next couple of years and you know we start. Getting out of our homes and maybe seeing people in person, collaborating more real time, uh, it's it's going to be really important that we do lean on each other to, to see support in this industry or to see performance and uh, improvement in this industry. Well, Mark, I appreciate the endorsement of the podcast. And to both of you, this was a, a fantastic way to end off season three. Couldn't have thought of any better guests to have on this episode. So it's always great to have both of you. Um, so to our listeners, we hope that you found these insights very valuable. And from us at Stack It App, we're looking forward to seeing what you can accomplish in your upcoming campaigns. So this has been the How Agencies Thrive podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the How Agencies Thrive podcast. If you like what you heard, then there's three things that you can do to support the show. Number one, subscribe. Number two, leave us a review. And number three, share our podcast on social media or with anyone who might find value in this content. If you have questions or feedback or just want to learn how agencies and brands work with Stack Adapt, you can find us at stackadapt.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.